Hello and welcome back to the Millennial Catholic. I'm your host, Andrew Miller. And Father Scott, I asked you a question like four weeks ago. Oh. Do you remember what those questions were? I hope it's not about indulgences. It is not. Good, because I don't know the answer. Um, I can't remember what it was. So, in two days from the time this comes out, it's going to be Jesus' birthday. Mm-hmm. And what we know about Jesus is that he was uh, fully divine. Yes. And fully human. Yes. Of both natures. Yes. Under one person's. Yes. Very good. Yeah. So, do you remember the question I asked you? I know you stumped me on it, I think. Uh, I sure did, and I'm about to stump you on it again. Yeah, give it to me. Show me. uh, Give me the question again. So, since Jesus was fully human, Mm. did he have a guardian angel? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, Mary is the queen of all the angels and all the saints, right? So, Jesus is the king of all the angels and all the saints. Uh, We do know when he was in the Garden of Eden... There were angels who ministered to him, but... In the Garden of Eden? uh, What? Did you say the Garden of Eden? No, in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, there were angels who ministered to him. Uh, There were angels who ministered to him in the desert, right, who came and ministered to him. So that's actually interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anywhere in the scripture where they talk about angels ministering to other people. Um, there are angels who will deliver messages to other people in, in the Gospels and in the New Testament. But there's not situations where uh, angels minister to them because Jesus is greater than the angels. Um, even in his humanity, he is greater than the angels. Even in Mary's humanity, she outranks the angels. This is not the case with us, Right. The guardian angels um, that we have um, are on a higher order. I want to make sure I've got this right. That they are, because of their sinlessness, we are guided by them. We do not guide our guardian angels, right? Our guardian angels guide us. Right. Right. Jesus actually would be superior to the angels. So they minister to him, but... He uh, would command them. So the guardian angel knows more than us, right? So the guardian angel would guide us, but Jesus would know more than the angels. But he does, of course, he would not have a specific angel delegated to him to guard him because he is not in need of guardianship. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then it throws. The whole every person has a guardian angel, but then again, he's not a full. He's fully, you know, human, you know, but also fully divine. Yeah, but the the guard, but that's not essential to a being's nature, whether one has a guardian angel or not. Well, that's boring. Yeah, not a nice boring answer to your question. <laughs> so yeah, and it would be a it would be a sin of usurpation. I actually think. If there was one angel sent to guard Jesus, right? Because he is he is superior to all the angels. For instance, Jesus does have the authority to name the angels, to give the angels their name, because Jesus is God, right? He is superior right. to all the angels, so he could name any angel uh, because of his superiority. 
Um, we cannot name our guardian angels. You know, sometimes this is a thing. We're like, well, I named my guardian angels Jeffrey. And I'm like, well, that's nice, but that that's actually a sin of usurpation uh, because the guardian angel is superior to you. That's like your dog naming you, you know? I'm pretty sure my dog has named me. Really? In his own little head. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the capacity for language. Right. So he would not be capable of naming. Naming is a uniquely human quality. He could associate. Mm. It's like, this is big person who give me food, right? Right. But the dog would not be able to name you. Naming is a uniquely human quality. We see it with Adam in the Garden of Eden. Yes. He names all the creatures, except for one. Woman. Woman. Right. Until the fall. Until the fall in which you become subordinate to him mm. as a punishment for her sin. And ironically, I would say the Christian message would be a uh, woman is raised to an equal dignity to the husband now, not as a subservient role. Here's, here's a question for you then, mm-hmm. right? So why does Mary have a name if she's supposed to be the new sinless Eve? She doesn't in the Gospel of John. She's not named in the Gospel of John. But she's named in all the other Gospels. Because she was born. She had parents. Eve did not have parents. Hmm. So parents have the right to name their children. In fact, it would be also the sin of use. This is going to maybe make some people angry, but the child does not have the right to name themselves. It's interesting. We don't don't have the right to name ourselves. So you're saying that changing your name... Mm -hmm. Is a sin? I'm wondering if it is. I'm not 100% sure on that. But when I ask in baptism, in the sacrament of baptism, what, what name do you give this child? That's, that's the authority of the parents. Does the child have the... So, does, so does, it, does it then become, okay, the church sees my marriage as fully valid mm-hmm. because you married us mm-hmm. in this place that we are sitting now. Yes. If we were to get civilly divorced, the church would still see us as married. Correct. Is it the same idea, though, that if I were to go change my name, the church would still know me as Andrew, but then I went with Jason? Yeah. Or whatever name. Well, the only other person who could name you... Well, this is interesting then. This gets really interesting. So what about a person who um, enters a religious order and now becomes brother, you become brother Peter, right? You pick the name Peter as opposed to Andrew to be brother Peter. Um, that's an interesting thought because that's, yeah. that's like what Padre Pio. Yeah, Padre Pio, right? There's one. So who used to be Francesco was his original name. And then he decided to become uh, brother Pio and then Padre Pio. I don't, that's interesting. Uh, because uh, Pope, you know, Jorge Bergoglio becomes Pope Francis. He, he takes a new name. It's interesting. Naming is an interesting thing. Who else got a new name? Abram became Abraham. Isaac became Jacob. Saul. Simon became Peter. Saul, Saul became, became Paul. Paul. Usually these— Wait, Okay, but the thing about those names, though, minus the Padre Pio and, and Bergoglio becoming Francis— mm-hmm. There's one person who changed their name. Mm-hmm. And that was God. Mm-hmm. So if God is a, so God is changing the name, it's not a human changing a human name. It is God putting a new name 
bestowing a new name upon said person. And I would think the monk or the priest or the pope would discern what their new name would be in prayer. At least you would hope. Yeah, that would be the, that's the, the purpose. Yeah, that's interesting. When I, when I confirm, the, the naming's an interesting Yeah, thing. because we take a confirmation name then, right. too. Well, it's, so here's the question no, about confirmation. Really going off on a strange course here. But yeah, I think, I think the, the naming thing is, naming is interesting. So here's the question then, right? Is the name that we take during confirmation supposed to be our new name? Or is it just supposed to be the saint that we look up to? And our, is, our, we call it our patron saint. Yeah. The saint who we want to emulate and we desire to intercede in a particular way for us. So still no one has thrown me into a hole and stoned me to death, so I am not living up to my saint's name. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. Yes. So then, yeah, but when you confirm, you confirm in the saint's name. You don't say— correct. I can't say Andrew because Andrew is a saint, but you can't go to me and say, Andrew, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You go, Stephen, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Strange. I, I'm going to look this up. Why? What, what goes on with that? That is very interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah, naming is an interesting thing. I have much to ponder now. Yeah, so do I. Mm-hmm. It's very bizarre. It is bizarre. Because self-naming of, is interesting. Um, we, we, you know, parents name. No, it's, it's, it's got me. It's got me really thinking. You know, um, I did preach about this at length this weekend about how our name comes from our parents, but our identity comes from God, um, and not from the world. Right. But there's so much in a name, though. There is. And there's usually like, you know, you are Andrew. It's not like you were part of the tribe of Andrews. Right. I mean, it, 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 a name articulates your individuality, right? Um, so you're also male, so you fall into that category. Um, so you're also a millennial, so you fall into that category. But, but a name is more than a category. It, it individualizes you um, in a unique way, even though there are other Andrews in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fascinating. Hmm. Hmm. Then I like to think about what names mean, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fun to think about. We should take our naming more seriously when, when um, parents have children, you know? Maybe it, it, it should be a... I mean, so you've done hundreds of baptisms at yeah. this point. Yeah. Close to a thousand. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Close to a thousand-ish. Maybe. I don't know. You've been, you've been a priest for seven years, plus you were able to baptize as a deacon, so that's, what, another year? Two year. Year and a half added on. I probably would average eight to ten baptisms a year. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. It's pretty low. Oh. So I'm probably thinking six, seventy baptisms. So you're getting, you're getting close to 100. Yep. So you've seen the whole gambit of names. Yeah, it's interesting. What is the, in your experience, the most common? There isn't. Uh, there isn't a common name anymore. So what's the most unique? Um, they're all trying to be unique, which is interesting. So they 
they're all trying to be unique, which means they're all going to be boring and impossible to say. And well, not necessarily. Just just like like uh, Colby might be a popular one, or um, well, yeah, because none of them. None of them. Usually, I'm like. Because when I'll do, I'll, 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 I used to chant the saints, and then if they were like, if their name was, kid's name was Catherine, I'd be like, St. Catherine, pray for us. And um, they don't, do, do, like, I get to their name, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, I don't know any saint by this name. Um, there, there is a, uh, a, a strong desire among millennial parents now to, as much as possible, have a unique individual name for their child. I'll give you a good example. Like my cousins on the West Coast, yep. um, here are the names of, of their children. It's Lachlan, Marin, uh, Emmy, for Emily, not Evelyn, but Emmelyn, and um, Declan. So I've met a Declan before, mm-hmm. and I've met a Lachlan before. Interesting. Yeah. But these uh, aren't your Henrys and Josephs. No, you know and I mean? not your your Andrews, not your, you know, Luke's, you know. Right. Not your typical gospel writer names. No, no. It's, the names are, are, I think, they're purposefully unnormative. And that usually means Christian uh, in our current society. So it's very interesting in that way. But they're trying to be unique. How do you mean? Well, it's the same thing with their weddings. You right. know, we want to have a unique wedding. We want to do it this way. We want to make it authentic to us, who we are. And so um, that's kind of what they do. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a strong desire to be unique among the millennials. And I would say the Gen Xers as well. Um, yeah. So... It's interesting because when you look through the lives of the saints, there are a lot of you, like you can pick out the unique ones because like your patron saint slayed a dragon. Yes. Supposedly or something. Mm -hmm. Mine was the first deacon and stoned to death and Mm -hmm. Saul was there. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you get a lot of these, medieval centuries female saints that all kind of have a lot of the same story. Mm. They pled their virginity to, you know, they pledged their virginity to God. They were married off. And then when they didn't put out, they were tried to force to a brothel, didn't work. And then they were killed. Well, they they couldn't even, they couldn't even get married off because they would refuse the marriage. Right, and then they were eyes gouged out, or whatever the case may be. Lucy, it's Lucy. That's another one you don't see. A, is Lucy the name Lucy? Yeah, yeah. So there's been a bit of a, a sea change, you know, um, in terms of yeah, I see it much more since the turn of the century, really pushing for uniquer names. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just I find there to be comfort knowing that I have two saint names in, in my yep. in my repertoire, and it's kind of almost like a guiding light. I, I kind of like I have I've won some friends and they named their son Benedict because of for Benedict the Sixteenth. Yeah, like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, you know, um, some are named. We have a kid here named Francis. Um, 
Nicodemus's name's Nico, but it's Nicodemus, Nicodemus. right? So there's there's cool cool stuff like that too. I mean, whatever people want to name their kids, they can name their kids. So, um, yeah, the the principle of uniqueness though, which has a cool sound, you know, it would be. I like. Uh, I don't know. If you and Jackie had a son, what would you name him? Don't know. We haven't talked about that too much. Actually, yeah. I thought about it recently, but. Of course, now that you asked me, I, I can't remember what... If it was a daughter, what would you name her? I want her middle name to be Rose. Ooh, good. I like Rose. Do you know why? Why? What saint? Teresa, uh, Teresa of Lisieux. No. Teresa of Lisieux. Think South American. Uh, Philippine. What's her name? Philippine Duchess? No. no. Uh, oh, uh, Juan Diego? Nope. The who? What were you talking? Keep going about? south. Keep going south. Something in Peru. Yes. Uh, Saint Rosa Lima. There you go. Good. <laughs> you got there. It was like it took a long route to get there. Why? Do you have a devotion to Rosa Lima? Uh, actually, that's Jackie's patron saint. Oh, is Rose of Lima? Is Jackie's full name Jacqueline? Yes. That's cool. That's a good name. I like names that would fit in in 1907. Jacqueline, Lorraine. Re, uh, Regina. You're just an old soul. I do love, well, I love the old women's names. Um, what are some other good old women's names? Uh, Ruth. Ruth is good. Um, Agnes, kind of. Um, Agatha. Uh, Jane. Jane. I like, I like him to be polysyllabic. So you want a long one. A long, kind of flowing name. Um, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> but, but I like the long, flowy, old-timey names. That's what I like. So they could be like, Jacqueline, Jacqueline. You should do that next Off time. Off to she's, the theater, Jacqueline. You should, you should do that next time she's in the office. I shall. Just be like, oh, Jacqueline, I need your assistance, please. Yeah, I, I feel bad about my name because it's very monosyllabic, Scott. It's just not got enough. Uh, my middle name is cool, Stanley. For Stanislaus, you know, so that's kind of fun. Is there a Saint Scott? No. Is there a Saint Stanley? Yes, there is. For Stanislaus, Saint Stanislaus. Oh, Stanley's the kind of Americanized version of the Polish name. Cool. Yep. So, but uh, no Saint Scott yet. Yeah. I'm, gonna, will, I'm in the uh, running with Father Scott Hahn, Father Scott Woods, and me in the oh, Archdiocese. Scott Hahn's on a father. Well, there is a Father Scott Hahn at Saint Jerome's. But oh gosh, Scott Hahn, the writer, might become a saint. I got to take him out. <laughs> oh man, he is. Actually, I was just listening to something by him about Mary. Oh, because again, Christmas time. We got on the stage about names, but I'm gonna keep this all in because it's fun. Uh-huh. You know, we we focus so much so much in on the the birth of Christ, and rightfully so, but. The reading during the Immaculate Conception of Mary, which is very confusing because it is the Immaculate Conception of Mary, not of Jesus. Correct. We read these. This is where it gets confusing is because we read the gospel reading in Luke of the Annunciation. Mm-hmm. I think I got that all right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. So what's confusing is when you, you know, oh, we're going, you know, it's the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Cool. When I was a kid. Thought it was him. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, especially sure. since you read that reading of you know Gabriel comes down and you know hail Mary the favored one. 
you know. That, that's the key is the, it's Gabriel's address to Mary, which demonstrates that she is immaculate. Hail Mary, full of grace. Not like two-thirds full of grace or one-third full of grace. Like three-thirds full of grace. Full of grace. So, so you're like Immaculate Mary. Mm-hmm. That would be a name. Immaculate? Yeah. So I, I know some Immaculata. It's from uh, Africa. There's a woman, in our, I think, in our parish named Immaculata. Cool. Mm-hmm. The, so I spend, you know this app called TikTok? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, yes. Do, do you have TikTok? No, I don't know how to do that, but I watch on YouTube TikTok. Okay. So I find them fascinating. I have, I have found two um, very distinct groups inside TikTok. One um, is a political one, so we won't get into that. The other is Catholic TikTok, mm. which is surprising to me. What isn't surprising to me is all the hate that we get on there. What is what is the Catholic TikTok? What what kind of things do they have on that? Uh, just the things about the saints, things about Mary, things oh. about the church, things mm-hmm. about Jesus, mm-hmm. things about mass. Mm-hmm. There are priests on there mm. defending the faith. So it's really, really cool. But the one thing that I always notice is how we get attacked consistently on Mary, Mm. on more fronts. The one thing I have noticed, though, is it seems more and more Protestants are opening up to the idea that she is actually the mother of God, the Theotokos. Yeah. Which is surprising because I know that was the biggest, like one of the hottest points of contention for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Now it's more, well, she had to have sin because she was human. Mm. Now I just sit there and I think to myself, do you believe that God is all powerful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you believe that God can make, that God can protect a single person from all stain of sin through his grace. That's in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. So, how do we how do we grow to this doctrine of this immaculate conception of being the sinless one to give birth to Christ? Mm-hmm. So this has always been part of the church's tradition. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, in the East and in the West, uh, with with Orthodox and Catholic, I mean, we've always been, yeah, Mary is conceived without sin. That's never been a it's never been a big argument. Um, so it, it's just been very plain. Uh, Protestantism was the first time that this became kind of an issue. And um, so, yeah, it's just, it, it's always kind of been there. And then it was officially declared, um, I want to say in around 1858. Was it 1858? Yeah, I think it was. Where it's like the, the church said, we officially dogmatically declare this is the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. Um, and so, uh, and it was, it was, uh, Our Lady of Lords also reiterated that. She said, I am the, I am the Immaculate Conception. She's when great. She, when she appeared to, uh, Sister Bernadette. Yeah. And that was handy. That was very helpful. Kind of let us know we're on the right track. So, yep. So if you could ask her one question. Mary? Yeah. Hmm. What would it be? Hmm. Hmm. I like working with Jesus, which is good. 
What would I ask Mary? It's a good question. Mary's not much of a talker, I don't think. Um, I don't know what I would ask her. I mean, I'd, I'd go to Jesus if I had a question about something, you know? Yeah, but this is a question. The question that I would, you know, think of is, were you scared after the death of Jesus being taken in by the apostles that they would find you and essentially make you a martyr? Yeah. Was she afraid of dying? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she was. <laughs> I, I think she... I think she was... Uh, well, I shouldn't say afraid of dying. I think, was she afraid that the Romans would find her? I don't, I, I don't think the Romans would have cared, you know, in terms of... Because this is going to sound... But it's because the Romans were sexist. Right. She was a woman. She didn't matter. They're not going to waste their time, you know. True. That's, that's, so I, I don't think that would have been a, a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what I would think about... Uh, Asking Mary if I had to sit down with her. Um, I don't really have any questions for Mary. Do I have any questions for Jesus? All the time. Yeah, that's true. I do because I got we got we got to work together. We got we got yeah. we got things to do. Um, Mary's also there to. I ask Mary stuff. You know, she she's great at helping out with the parish, big time. I mean, she just she gets it done, which is awesome. I mean, ever since I've been praying the Rosary, the things have been falling into place. Um, but, um, for the, for the good, but, uh, yeah, if I need to come up with a hobbly or something, I wrestle about it with Jesus. He, he's a talker. He's the word of God. What? The word and incarnate and. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll wrestle with Jesus about questions a lot. Um, but every so often, Jesus is like, just, you know, just chill out with Mary for a while. You know what I mean? Just stop pushing so hard. And so I, I find myself relaxing with Mary more um, than, uh, I mean, Mary doesn't want to wrestle. I mean, she's not a wrestler. So uh, Jesus is. Oh, my gosh. He's just like, all right, let's get into it, Scott. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And, and, then, and then we're like, okay, what do you think of this? This doesn't make a lick of sense, Jesus. What the heck are you talking about? And he goes, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Um, he's very patient in that way. Um, I do believe he enjoys the wrestling as well. There's no question. I think he enjoys being questioned uh, by someone with, who doesn't want to crucify him. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by Jackie and Ken Miller. If you would like to join our family here at the Millennial Catholic Podcast, you can do so by joining us at patreon.com slash the MC pod. If you would like to help us grow a little bit, you can subscribe to us on Google and Apple Podcasts. While you're at Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating and write a review. It helps us spread the word a little bit. And until next time, God bless.